You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Okay, guys. So here's a little bit about what our show is going to be about in this new season. I know, Andrew, you have some particular ideas about what we might go to. So why don't you just take us away? Sure. Um, perhaps not the best idea to start off with a rant in the first episode. Everyone or well, loves a good rant. You love a good rant. Yeah. Cool. Um, but even worse idea to start off with an apology. <laughs> so I'm going to apologize um, for perhaps getting a little bit emotional about this. But, you know, I think it's fair to say we all know the world's in a shy place. Like things are pretty miserable right now. And I mean, there's no other way of saying it. it's pretty shit. <laughs> um, you know, it's climate change and the rise of the right and, you know, Russian troll factories and yada, yada, yada. Anyway. And then, of course, there's COVID. And, I don't know about you, but I don't want to deal in all the misery. No. Right? We've 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 got enough misery. We can tune into news talk or RTE or whatever. I, I've we lived in Ireland my whole life. We're pretty good on the old misery front. So yeah. I think we're we're covered, you know? <laughs> exactly. So I yeah, I don't really want to dwell on that. I'd really rather be looking at what positives we can draw from it. And I know that's rich for me to be able to say. I mean, I'm I'm still gainfully employed and I'm sat here and in my calling with yourself and having a friendly chat about things where other people might struggle a little bit, but you know, it's not, I'm not ignorant of that fact, but I, I would just like if we could have a little think about what all of us, whatever position we're in, whatever, what positives, what silver lining we might be able to take from it. Right. hundred percent. And I suppose the first silver lining that came to my mind really is that well, it seems trite and obvious to say that COVID has highlighted the divisions in society. You know, we know that that's that's one thing. That's and the, the repeated use of uh, it's unprecedented. Yeah, like if I hear unprecedented one more time, I how, might just, how long does this have to go on before it's precedent? Yeah, exactly. It's like listen, it's been a year. Yeah, <laughs> cut it out. But anyway. Um, what I'd say there is like, imagine if you spent a whole year coming home and your next door neighbor was a miserable bollocks and every day all he did was whine at you. It wouldn't take you long to stop talking to him. Well, yeah, exactly. And that, that's the last thing I want to be doing is sat here yeah, and the, giving people Your neighbor reason. is now the world, basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's a, God knows there's enough whiny bastards. Um, <laughs> there are some people who are genuinely struggling. As I said, I know. Um, but, but you'll find the people who are genuinely struggling are the ones who probably won't be the ones to bemoan their, their lot in life or whatever because they're just too busy having to deal with it yeah and that, that's a really good point it's like the, you know throughout history it's the people who have had the luxury the I mean I don't want to sound ter- terribly kind of ah, dear comrades and whatever here but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the people who have had the luxury of kind of philosophizing and sitting back and going oh you know the pro- proletariat and the whatever else who can do that? Whereas the rest of them are getting on with surviving, right? Correct. But you know, the one thing that I've really noticed anyway is it's kind of split society really succinctly into two, really. There's the people who are going to pitch in and just contribute and do something. Yeah. And there are the people who are like, they go into survival mode almost. And it's like, all for me. Yeah, yeah. What I can take and fuck you, Jack. And Personal responsibility, as long as your choices don't impact mine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I kind of, we've mentioned this before in previous chats that a lot of it has to do with this kind of uh, unseen or unacknowledged worldview that kind of start. I mean, I suppose it, in theory, it's, it said it started with kind of uh, Thatcher and Reagan and whatever else, the neoliberal kind of Speaking politics. Miserable bollocks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the, it's but it really, I mean, it's it's a tale as old as time. This idea that a sort of socialism for the for the top, and then capitalism for the few, you know, <laughs> for the many. I mean, sorry. So public transport for the losers, and I don't need sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it's you know, so there are those who will pitch in and, and help everyone else, and there are those who will just take and divide and, and lash out. And I mean, how many examples? I don't need to. Do I need to list all the examples? Like, no, I think we're good on that. We're good on that. Exactly. Yeah. We're not going to go down that road. Yeah. So, really, what I'd like to be able to to do is highlight. In particular, we'll start off small, and then we're, we'll take over the world eventually. Okay. But we'll start off... Pinky in the brain stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We'll start off locally with, with people and businesses and examples and whatever of, of community looking out for each other, right? I think it needs to be kind of celebrated when it happens. Um, I don't know what our ratings would be like as a result of just pure positivity the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you no know. one wants to listen to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We might need to inject a little bit of misery or controversy. I listened to those lads and they felt better afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, perhaps, like, just perhaps, we're all kind of collectively finally waking up to the fact that there's only really one position of those two that's sustainable, like, moving forward as, as globally and locally and everything. You can either attempt to kind of take, take, take everything and, you know, what, what, what is it the Irish say? Uh, me feigners. Oh yeah, 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 like yeah. It's like me, 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 and yeah. those around me. Um, but what was it, Gandhi? I think who said um, that, that sounds so pretentious. I believe Gandhi once said <laughs> um, that you know if everyone went for an eye for an eye, kind of everyone would end up blind, right? Yeah. And it's the same. Like if everyone just keeps trying to take, take, take for themselves, and then ultimately everyone's going to end up with nothing. There's no future. We're all damned, basically. Um, so I just want to, I guess. What my what I'm positing to you, Jeff, yes. <laughs> and anyone else who who dare be listening to this, yes. is that we focus in this uh, like ongoing series on how community matters and how people are kind of contributing to community. That's okay. That's my pitch. Yeah. No. That's good. That's a good pitch. Well, you've got nothing else to say. We'll call it quits there. <laughs> no, I think you're dead right. I think. Um, it's as you described the emergence of two types of people and there are the ones who and what I find fascinating is that the ones that emerged the quickest was the people with the positivity it was the very early days of all this where you saw business people and others in their community having great ideas about somehow how they could transition what they were doing or do something better I mean you saw for example right here in Galway um Shout out to Kevin Nugent from Mr. Waffle, who was who was feeding yes, and supplying coffees absolutely. to frontline staff in the very early days. Absolutely, you know, got on got on there straight away. And I've seen examples from all over the world of that, where businesses very quickly. As one I watched about um, people in New York who started doing bento boxes for all the staff, uh, and they put out a bit of a plea to help keep their business open. Yeah. And they got so much funds donated that they decided that once they were able to keep their staff gainfully employed and pay them a wage, that they were going to use all that money to feed the staff in yeah. the hospitals every day. That's, that's, um, that's amazing. Yeah, it was that's... a Korean restaurant in, in downtown New York. Uh, there's a short movie that was made about it. It's actually really, I must look it up and try and put it in the show notes. It was, yeah. it was pretty inspiring stuff to see. And we're not talking like six months in. This was a couple of weeks after things went to shit. And they very quickly figured out... This is here, this is long term. We need to be, you know, the power for change here in our community. And I think there's something to be said. It's the immediacy, immediacy of that reaction. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think, maybe I sound terribly cynical, but I think there was a cynical ploy. Like, it took some brands a little while to cotton on, mm. you know, and then, but it, it was the ones that, whose first instinct, and I yeah. think that's what it boils down to is instinct, instinct really. Yeah. Whose first instinct was, right, how can I help? Yeah. You know, that, and there's, if I were to go to the sort of, I don't want to say cynic, cynical, but if a brand or, and I, by brands, I mean, like we're all walking brands in this day yeah, and age yeah. with, you know, our Facebook profiles and our LinkedIn's yeah. and whatever else. Um, so if a brand, be it individual or business or whatever, is looking for any kind of longevity in any way, shape or form, then it's natural first instinct has to be certainly the statistic. Now I've got statistics. I came prepared. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to describe a pie chart to you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> According to this Venn diagram, which no one else can see, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's important to note that this propensity, this understanding that we do really, like, sincerely need to all be in it together and not just play act at it, mm. that's been a long time coming, even before COVID. COVID only accelerated it. Mm. Like, the younger generations, they're way ahead of the curve. Yeah. You know, so according to the Shelton Group in May 2018, um, 86% of consumers believe, believed anyway, that companies should take a stand on social issues, right? I mean, 86% is not inconsiderable. Yep. Um, 84% of millennials are compelled by a sense of personal responsibility, so much so that they make annual charitable donations, and up to 70% volunteer their time and talents to causes they think are worthwhile. I mean, the younger generation is ahead of the curve. They, mm, they, they, very much so. Because I, I would be willing to bet if you were to ask, especially older business owners, they would be very much like the whole, oh, we shouldn't have an opinion in business on, on political matters. Or, you yeah. know, that they think it's, it's safer to say nothing and do nothing in case you offend someone, which in and of itself is kind of offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's like, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm half Maltese. I grew up in Malta, right? And there's a lot of similarities between Malta and Ireland being traditionally, historically anyway, staunchly Catholic. Mm. And I think quite politically uh, dynamic. Is, 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 I don't know if that's the right words, but anyway, um, there, there was very much a no religion, no politics kind of mindset. Yeah. Like on a person to person basis, much less a business. Yeah. But nowadays it's like, you know, you can't operate in a vacuum anymore. No. Yeah, you know. because the world is more connected than ever. Yeah. As, yeah. as we're all too aware. Yeah. And I think your lack of stance as a business or your lack of like a sense of direction or who you are as a business, your mission statement, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that's going to come out over time. Whereas oh, yeah. like, and I'm not saying that you have to be out there like staging protests or whatever it might be, but no, being somewhat ethical in the way you behave, making little decisions, be it just something as simple as using compostable packaging as opposed to single use or totally. you know whatever silly little thing it might be it all adds up oh yeah I mean know? you know there's this uh, now I'm kind of loath to quote Fight Club or reference Fight Club because it's become the kind of the, the darling river, of yeah, the far right yeah, and yeah. the alt right and whatever else but, but that means they just don't understand the movie because it's satire oh my god well yeah exactly it's a complete parody of all <laughs> that like masculinity I and whatever. read the thing about this yesterday about how Paul Thomas Anderson hated the movie when it came out Oh really? The director of Magnolia and Boogie Nights, and he, yeah. he uh, said he hoped that David Fincher got cancer. 
Whoa. Yeah, a little bit harsh. It was 20 years ago this interview was released. <laughs> but the problem was that at the time, one of his movies was being, sh- the trailer for it was being shown before Fight Club. So he only watched a half an hour right. of Fight Club. Out of context, he was just like, this is a terrible movie. You're like, right. I feel like all these all right people are just like, we watched the movie that we enjoyed, didn't care for the rest of it, so won't bother with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, I could understand if you caught a snippet of Fight Club or whatever, you could, at surface level, just think, oh, Jesus, it's another one of these. Well, maybe it's a tonal thing, because if you read the book, it's impossible not to get the message. Yeah, the book's brilliant. And maybe it's just a choice that, you know, was made in the direction of the movie and so forth. Although, still, I kind of struggle to see how they wouldn't have got it. I know, I know. And it's like, if you read up reviews on it, or or whatever, academic, whatever discussions about it, it, there's st- it's still such a divisive. It's you know some people mm. are like, oh, it's a, a pay-in to to you know old archaic kind of male stereotypes and whatever. And you're like, I mean, the guy was the, the author is like a, a gay uh, liberal kind of libertarian almost, yeah. really. You know, and that's the least crazy of his books. Yeah, yeah. There's well, there's a few other kind of fairly. <laughs> a choke. Have you seen that? I've seen it. I've read it and seen it actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam Rockwell, right? Some show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. But anyway. Yes. The sorry. Point, no, not at all. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> no, the the thing about um, the point I was going to make about Fight Club is there's, you know, there's a point where this is like a real stretch, by the way. But I'll bring it back. I swear. But there's a point in it when he kind of says where Brad Pitt kind of says to his ring of um, kind of. <laughs> lubed up sweaty men in an underground <laughs> bunker. God, could you get more homoerotic? Um, he says to them, you know, we've, we've been, we're a generation raised to believe that we're all going to be rock stars and, you know, TV heroes and whatever and, and we won't. And we're all angry and we're fed up. And you can see that, like, in the US and whatever, all yeah. these people. Which is not, once again, it's not to dismiss you know, the trials and tribulations of the working class and what mm. they've got to be and, and people who are on the poverty line and stuff. But there is, we have been raised to believe that if we haven't made some big global change, and this is to your globalization point, mm. so this is where I'm coming back to it anyway, if you haven't made, and to your point about compostable coffee cups and so forth, it's the small changes is the point. Yeah. You, the likelihood that anyone's going to be beyond the kind of 15 minutes of fame of TikTok. That no <laughs> one's going to be our savior. Yeah, you're, and you are not going to take over the world. Yeah. And the most impactful thing you can do really is just the small things in your day-to-day within your immediate community, yeah. you know, within your Dunbar number. That's the 150-odd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is very much comes back to something I've been saying for a long time um, to other people and to business owners. just like, if the environment in which your business operates, if you can't make that a better place for people to be, people to live and to work and to come to how can you expect to be supported as a business yeah and first and foremost your responsibility as a business is to the community because these are the people who come through your door every day and pay your pay your bills on a regular basis if you're not willing to do something that makes the community better for them why should they support you absolutely i mean without wanting to keep bringing it back to me here Mm. but obviously i'm coming from an outsider experience right Mm. and my experience of Galway anyway coming here was I was quite surprised by how supportive the businesses seemed to be to each other mm. I don't know if without wanting to pry too much you felt the same there's definitely I mean look it's it's better in certain parts of Galway than other 
But you can see the emergence of kind of business community groups over the last few years where yeah. slowly the message got through. It's like, yeah, there might be two pubs, two restaurants near each other, but if they don't support each other, no one's going to win. Yeah. And I've always said this, people have asked me in the past, in my previous business, someone else opens up nearby or even here. Like, competition brings you to the best, I feel. If yeah. you're not if you're not able to deal with competition showing up, then you probably shouldn't be open in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, if absolutely. your only win as a business is the fact that you're the only person there who does what you do, it's a pretty weak start. You know? In the game, the village. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I get 100 percent that. And like yeah. it's 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 difficult to for anyone to appreciate. I don't, I don't want to name names here, but in a business group I was in involved before, and there was one particular individual whose whole remit to it was like, "What'll be the addition to my bottom line?" And I was like, "This isn't going to be something that you can count in currency." No, this is the value of you has been like for me especially as well since my kids came along it was like well what's going to be my legacy to the kids in the sense of how could I say oh I operated as a business owner in that area for X amount of years and no one remembers me because I did nothing positive yeah imagine that as a concept and that should be the same and I know we're harking about businesses here but that, that could be the same for you as an individual or a family or whatever it might be there'd be nothing worse I would think and I'm not someone who's big into knowing all his neighbours and I wouldn't know him but I'd still be friendly and helpful in any way I can but imagine as a business or as a family or anyway, leaving somewhere and people not even realising you were gone that yeah. would be a pretty damning indictment of your contribution yeah I just I just think to myself if I get the luxury of a deathbed without wanting to mm-hmm. be too morbid but if I, I'm lying on my deathbed and can go you know what did I do with my life mm. I mean I suppose the one kind of real glimmer of immortality that you might have is having kids might mm. be the closest thing you've got yeah. to that um, really bring the positive message through yeah. this episode so far that we started our, our mission well, I, I, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> well I just suppose at the end of the day and this is like the most trite you know saccharine obvious thing to say but yeah. if you're lying on your deathbed and the one thing claimed to your name is well everyone knew me as the guy who made a load of money and kind of dominated the town and that was it yeah is that really? I mean, maybe maybe some people do get you know ushered, a, breathe their last breath, going yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> job done, yes. Like, but I just I, I find it hard to imagine that anyone really feels fulfilled from that. Yeah, I think maybe people set off on that path and might believe it, but I'd say you would struggle to believe it the longer you go on in life. And yeah. maybe as well, I just you know, again, not simple. Like I've stopped being motivated by money. Like yeah, my value of my time since the kids came along is just so different and even my sense of like wanting to be involved in what's going on yeah. is completely transitioned as well yeah uh, yeah which, which is a you know that, that begs the question if you don't mind me putting it on the spot a little bit Jeff but mm-hmm. you do run a business right yes called Tree Bark <laughs> yes uh, the best coffee in my column <laughs> <laughs> you run a business yeah. I mean are you I, I really do possibly put you on the spot asking you this but are you not kind of if you're not motivated by you're motivated by financial security presumably you need that of course how does a business operate now I've got my own ideas about this but I'm asking you as a business owner how does how does a business justify (laughs) itself if it isn't continually growing right if it isn't always looking to expand yeah, no, I mean, what's I mean, your justification? I'm not saying like, that we're not doing that. Like, I mean, if you see where we are now compared to where we are when we opened, it's only been two and a half years. There's definitely a lot that we've added, yeah. like, to what we offer. And there's definitely big plans that I have. Yeah. 
but I need that to always be manageable in a way that that success doesn't outstrip my desire to do it because right. I've done that before I've spent nine years running a restaurant and when I loved the experience it was consuming and it could only be consuming when that's all I wanted in my life but now yeah. if I want a balance of you know financial security as you mentioned and personal time you just have to be a bit smarter about it and it can be done you just have to be willing to sit down and work out the hard maths on yeah. what's realistic of a value of I think a lot of a lot of business owners get so consumed by it that they stop valuing themselves as an asset so they don't calculate in their own kind of cost yeah you know as I said to someone recently he was trying to figure that out and he was new enough in business and I was like well if you weren't you if you were another staff member how much would you cost the business yeah. And if you think that that's too much, then you're spending too much time here. Yeah, totally, totally. You know? um, to the point of you know talking about uh, examples of kindness and stuff. I'm taking a bit of a swerve here, okay? Yeah. But um, just by way of you know off the cuff here, I live between. I can't obviously mention the names, but I live. I've got two lovely, um, two lovely brothers who are kind of. In the sort of the autumn of their years, mm. you know, on one side, and then I've got um, a lovely family on the other side. And just yesterday, uh, I came back home from, I think I was doing the shopping, or whatever. Anyway, I pulled up, and there were two bags of turf outside our back door. Yeah, totally unsolicited, totally unasked for. Yeah, and that's one of our neighbours had just decided, oh, well, it's getting a bit cold. We'll give them some turf, turf. and stuff. Yeah, and I know, like I said, potentially terribly cheesy. Yeah, but then it's. I guess you know. I'm just going a really roundabout way of saying that we need to recognize, acknowledge, and celebrate that a little bit more than also be pointing out, you know, all the miserable stuff that's going on. But see, I don't think that people, especially Irish people, enjoy good news as much as they do bad news. I really don't think they do. I think they share that in common with the Scots. You know, supposed to be a kind of yeah. They love. They love. We love a bit of misery and a bit of bad news. You know, like we really do. Nothing makes us more happy than when we see someone else miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's it's it's. That sounds terrible to say, but there's. It's the best. God damn it, Jesus! It's the best and worst of Irish people. Like we're capable of such great things in some ways, and yet, like, there's the whole sense of begrudgery too. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think you're right. There's for everything terrible that has happened in the last year and all the shite that's gone down. That's easy to put on the news, and that's easy to be recorded as statistics, which which is also fucking terrible because behind statistics, there's so much individual stories totally, totally we're all losing and because we're losing sight with those that's why everyone's losing their patience but equally on the other side some of the stories we have heard of what people are willing to do when the time comes to step up or not even to be called on but to take steps that would improve other people's lives at a time when they know someone could be having their darkest hours those stories don't get reported because they're just not as nice to read are they you know no it's not quite the drama and the yeah but, you know, there's just by way of another example, but this is like more of a local business example, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull up here Spotlight, right? So I'm just going to pull now. This is a um, an Irish company. Uh, so it's this business is it's headed up by Irish dentists, uh, Dr. Lisa and Dr. Vanessa Craven. Is that how you pronounce the Craven? Craven. Yeah. Except they're not Craven. Yes. <laughs> They're whatever the opposite of Craven is. Yeah. Uh, the company has donated a hundred thousand euros worth of dental products to be distributed in direct provision centers around the country. Right? 
and that was as of June 18th of 2020, yeah. right? So Spotlight Oral Care is making good on their promises for actionable change and taking the first step by devo- by donating 100,000 worth of dental products to direct provisions around the country. And that's my spotlight for this episode. I would like to keep this going. I'd like to find, and naturally I'm putting the onus on you to do the same thing. Yeah. Examples of whatever, however small. And it'd be great if we got people who are listening to this to be doing the same thing. Just Yeah, well, let's let's go for that. So let's ask everyone who is listening. Yeah. You know, there are thousands of listeners yeah. <laughs> to uh, get in touch with us and tell us. I'm I'm sure Hello, go away. <laughs> Do we have anyone from <laughs> yeah. But you know, get in touch and tell us, you know, about the small businesses that may be forgotten. Because it's the small businesses that are probably the real heart of the community, the ones who've been around for that aren't the big sexy brands or the cool new businesses that we're all kind of seeing all over Instagram. But I, I bet you it's those small local businesses who are doing something very uh, positive for their communities. Absolutely. Let's just celebrate it. Yeah. Why not? That's it for me, Jeff. Okay. No, that's pretty good. Okay. So, <laughs> that's, challenge. <laughs> that's a bit of a taste of what you can expect going forward. Uh, so you'll find us as ever in the links, which I've sort of forgotten because it's been so long since we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty confident it's Creative Voices on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it is Creative here. Yeah. It is Creative Voices on Instagram. Right. I'm just going to double check that. Yeah. Hold your horses, everyone. <laughs> Switch the kettle off again. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have a quick check. Creative Voices podcast. There we go. There we uh, go. So cre- is the title. So so we'll put yeah. links in the show notes for the Instagram and other channels which you can get in touch with us, including some email addresses. So if you have any kind of power, uh, powerful positivity that you want to share with us or stories of, of, of good things and be sure and send them to us and we'll give a shout out to anyone and any business we can on the other episodes going forward. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks. Catch you in the next one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by Peter B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again and catch you on the next episode.